Welcome to the podcast. This is your podcasting boy. This is your uh, Jackfruit Express Wagon Extractor, Mr. John Pemberton, also known as Mr. Johnny Pemberton, also known as uh, Live to Tape is the podcast you're listening to right now. It's an exciting time to be alive right now. The wind is blowing. I mean, the wind's always blowing, right? Is the wind never not a blowing? I guess that's when things start to get bad, right? As long as the winds are blowing somewhere, we know that we're going a somewhere, not asunder. This is Live to Tape. Thanks for being here. I've already fucking said that twice. But what I haven't said twice yet is all the information for my upcoming tour. Tour. What is a tour? I got. You hear that? Okay, I have to just say this out loud now because I have been fucking struggling to get over this goddamn chest cold for like three weeks. I can't believe it. I got it. Brendan Walsh got it. Duncan Trussell got it. We're all just like constantly talking about like, hey, where's your phlegm at? Where is it? Have you, have you dislocated, dislodged all that fucking mucus yet? Where are you? Where, where, what's your state at? What's your phase change yet? Have you gone liquid to solid yet? It's just insane. I can't, I really feel like this is, I'm going to talk about the tour. I'm going to tell you the dates so you know. Check the Twitter, check the Instagram. But I have to talk about this because it's been on my mind. I haven't been this sick from what is not the flu. This is definitely not the flu. It's like a respiratory thing. It's definitely a respiratory. I mean, someone's going to say, well, the flu actually is respiratory. I don't know if you know that. But whatever the fuck this is, this shit is like, Oh, I, 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 I feel like I finally understand the idea of how tons of people die from a disease or how like an old person dies from a disease or how like a baby dies from a simple thing. It's, uh, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or these things are getting stronger. I really feel like this winter, I heard about so many more people being sick this year than I've ever heard. Like people just getting taken out. People who just like, oh, where, where, did, where did that guy go? Oh, he got the flu. He's just uh, gone, like erased for two weeks. Just down. I heard that happening so much this, this like winter. And I mean, I got the flu. I got some sort of flu, but I got the flu shot though. So I didn't, I think that's the idea. That's the, that's the wisdom that I read about. At least the, what they say is that if you get the flu shot, you can still get the flu, obviously. Everybody knows that shit. But if you get the flu, it's going to be not as bad as the flu if you didn't hit the flu shot. That's when, that's what happened to me. And it was still fucking terrible. And then, like a month later, I get this shit. And this has been like linger, linger, linger. The na- oh, here, here's the kicker. There. Here's the fucking kicker on this whole, this whole sickness. This is what got me thinking about all this stuff that I think is very interesting. And I want to learn more about. 
what am I telling you that for? What I think is crazy is that everyone I know who got sick with this crap, it started off seeming like allergies. Everyone thought they were just having some sort of weird allergy thing because my lips were burning, my eyes were burning, and I was having like like a weird kind of throat throat thing. Felt like, man, I've got allergies. It is the spring. It's Los Angeles. There's all kinds of windy stuff going on. And things are busting out everywhere with all the pollen and all, all sort of things. So I thought maybe I was having that. Putting on a lot of chapstick back then. A lot of fucking chapstick. And I was still doing stuff. I felt tired and raggedy and whatnot. But I was still like pushing myself to go out and do things because I had stuff to do. I had, you know, wanted to do things. And I think that's what it is. This fucking new, these new viruses... They do that on purpose. This fucking virus makes you think you just have allergies. So you go out and do stuff like go to a bar and try someone's beer and just basically be around people enough to communicate, to be communicable when when the disease is communicable and you fucking spread the shit out of it because you don't think you're sick. You think you just have allergies. And that happens in this fucking genius little devastating bastard fucking shit bug gets everywhere because you think you just got allergies but you don't you got fucking sick you're straight up really sick and then it hits you super hard and you're down and all that time you thought you were just having allergies. You were spreading it around, so everyone's everyone gets it, and that just lingers and lingers and lingers because it's so, such so geniusly self-designed, self-taught. I really think this might be the beginning of the end for all of us. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I say that with a op, with a stroke of optimism, like it's probably not going to be, but you know, we're we're pre- we think we're pretty fucking badass humans do, and we are pretty badass in terms of a lot of stuff. But the thing that gets us, the thing that always gets humankind in the biggest way is the little little things the little fucking microbes that's what's going to start happening more I swear to god there's going to be heavier onset of bigger there's going to be something new it's like a cold flu thing where it just tricks the fuck out of you you like spread it like crazy and then it just knocks you down for a month and then takes you like six weeks to climb out of that hole I'm still climbing out right now I got my energy. I definitely have the energy. But the stuff when you're when your lungs are rattling, like you can hear something like stuck below your neck in your chest for ten days after you stop feeling like shit. Man, that's some genius shit. That is some genius little badass bacteria microbe that's doing that. And, uh, yeah, we're screwed. So I guess, you know, the moral of my story is um, love the one you're with. Hold on to the days while you can. Go down to the chili dog stand and get something really good and drippy. Because ride your bike there and back and it'll be super fun, okay? (laughs) Okay, a couple things to get into real quick before we get into it real quick for real. Number one, if you want to support the podcast, the only way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash Live to tape. That's the only way you can support this thing you get for free. 
You get it for free every GD week. GD stands for goddamn. You get it every week for free. So if you want to support this thing you love listening to, which I know you do, because you've rated, reviewed, and subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever the fuck you listen to, crack on. Go to patreon.com slash live to tape and show your support. And if you show your support, you get some sort of a back-end support type thing. It's all detailed there on the website, patreon.com slash live to tape. Number two, <sighs> number two is, please go see my movie, Action Point. It's not my movie. It's a movie I'm in. I mean, is any movie anyone's movie? I guess maybe sometimes, but this is, I feel a lot of ownership over this. I feel very connected to it. I spent three months in South Africa with uh, Johnny Knoxville and Chris Pontius and a bunch of other really, really cool, fun, fucking crazy people in a crazy place doing crazy shit, injuring myself. Not heavily, but just enough to have to be like, yeah, man, I did that. And uh, so go see it. Action point in theaters, June 1st. Don't fucking steal it. If you steal it, oh man, I'm going to know. I'm going to smell it on your breath. Number three, Recorder for Quality Assurance will be available digitally. That's on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. May 15th. Cool. Your call may be recorded for Quality Assurance. I know a lot of you are really like, I want that type. I didn't get the type. I want that type. I'm sorry, okay? Uh, It didn't get talked about in the right way at the right time to let the right people know about the right way to get it. And that's my fault. This also was the first one of this series that we're doing at Starburns. So, uh, you know, that's what happens. It's a beginner's thing. But we're going to do another run of tapes. I promise it's going to happen. Those are probably going to be available for sale on the Starburns website. Uh, just check back in on my Twitter and Instagram, and you will know about that. Otherwise, I will be selling them on tour. I will be selling them as part of my merchandising package when you see me at those shows. That That's the number four thing, is that, okay? Here's the deal. I'm going to be going on tour in June. I'm going to be, here are the dates. Okay, I'll be in Denver on June 3rd, okay? That's part of a big comedy festival. It's me and Josh Fade. I'm doing our show, Kiss My Ass, which is a very special, very special rare show that if you don't haven't seen before, you haven't seen it before. You don't even know what you're missing. Number, then the rest of these, the rest of these dates are just me and probably some local people. If you want to open for me in one of these cities, email me, please. If you think like, if you listen to this podcast, and you're like, dude, I want to open for you in one of these cities. I would love to have you do that. Please email me. It's, uh, it's, uh, um, what the fuck is email? I said it a thousand times. It's, it's live to tape podcast at gmail.com. L-I-V-E-T-O. T-A-P-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Let me know if you want to open for me in June 6th, Boston. Probably two shows at this place called the 730 Tavern. I don't think it's really a a comedy venue so much, but we're going to make it work. Number eight. (laughs) Number eight. uh, The 8th of June. It'll be in New York City. And that's going to be at Union Hall in New York City. That's June 8th. June 9th, I'll be in Philadelphia at a place called Good Good. Okay? Uh, June 10th, I'll be at the Big Hunt in Washington, D.C. June 12th, I'll be at the Dead Crow in Wilmington, North Carolina. 
And there's a couple of things coming up maybe after that. I might be in Asheville, North Carolina. I might be in Nashville, Tennessee. I might be in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, check my Twitter, Instagram, or my website, johnnypemberton.dog, and I will be posting those ticket, ticket, those ticket links when they become available, okay? So come out to those shows. It's going to be incredible. I'm so looking forward to this. It's been so long since I've toured that I'm really just going to fucking leave it all out there or on the floor or something like that. Whatever it is that I have, it's going to be left wherever it is that I was or were or going to be then and there and great and just... (laughs) Now, please enjoy this wonderful podcast with my special guest, Chris Garcia. But first, a few words from our multiple sponsors. Good boy. Flip. Storage. Kelp. Gecky. Gordon. Jeff, Jeff's Headache. Jeff's Headache is brought to you by Demon Stain. Demon Stain's the only band that you can listen to here in this town we live in. Also brought to you by Fixer Uppers. If it's if it is broke, so you can fix it up. Also brought to you by uh, Dorgan Gunch. Dorgan Gunch. They're like French fries, but they are not French fries. They are better. Dorgan Gunch, available at your local eatery and or hospital cafeteria that your mom works at. Also brought to you by Dave's House. Dave's House, a chill place to be when you can't be at your home by yourself. Dave's House, located nearby, close enough to be convenient, but far enough away to not drive by it when you don't want to be there and embarrass yourself by denying the pleasure of Dave's sometimes overly hospitable self. Dave, he sometimes is a hospitality terrorist when he's stoned and or drunk. Great guy when he's sober. Dave's house. Check it out. Uh, Today we're also brought to you by the White Horse Mixture. If you want to ride the lightning like a white horse, then you can also... You can also ride that horse, just like I just said. I don't know how this is possible that this song is happening at the exact same time I'm saying that, but there we are. Uh, yeah. 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 Hi, you're listening to Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton here on the Starburns Audio Industries label podcasting suite. That's S-W-E-E-T. The E's are spelled with number threes. So they're not E's, they're threes. This is a podcast. Uh, It's got everything you need. This is going to be after the intro. This is what I call the post-intro intro. intro. This is the pre-guest post-intro 
sponsor segment. I want to let you know about a few other sponsors we have on today's show. Toast. Today we're brought to you by Toast. It's something that literally everyone knows about, and if you don't, then it's not for you. Toast. If you haven't found out about Toast yet, you're not going to. It's too late. Also brought to you by avocados. Avocados are the only source for real guacamole in America. Avocados. If you're making your guacamole with something other than avocado, it's not guac. Brought to you by the Avocado Growers Association of California. I want to remind you that if you're making guac, you need avs. Avocados, also known as avocados, ados, acavados, or any way you say it, it's still nice to slice. Avocados. It's that smooth fat that reminds you of butter that's not butter, even though they still has a very similar fat content to butter without the manual processing involving animal fat. Avocados. If, it's, if you're making guac without avocados, you're not making guac. We're also brought to you by chairs. Chairs, it's time to sit down. Have you sat down today? Chairs. They are for sitting. Uh, brought to you by the chair lobby industry of North America. Also brought to you by couches. If when a chair is not enough, a couch is not. It's just, I'm sorry. Did we get that right? Hold one sec. We get, okay. I'll just read I'll just, let me change the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah, oh, can you change it to this? I'm changing it up to make it something more funky, okay? Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. I'll just do it with this one, okay? Hi, uh, listening to Live the Tape with Johnny Pemberton here. This is a podcast. If you haven't been here before, welcome. You've already been here before because we've been, we've already started. Uh, I want to let you know that if you haven't, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on iTunes. You can do it on Stitcher. Is Stitcher still a thing? I don't even know. But you can do it on whatever, 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 you know, you used to. However you get it. However you get it. However you get it. Come back. Come back. Come and get it. More. 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 All right. Okay. Let's get back into it here. We're also brought to you by chairs and couches. Well, if it's not a chair, it's a couch. If it's not a couch, it's a chair. If it's neither in, there, or between, or either, or dither, it neither is neither that neither is slither. So sit down, lay down, put your feet up, put them down. You're in couch town, honey, and hopefully it's brown because it's probably made of leather. Couches and chairs, they will be there for you when you need them most. Brought to you by the North American Chair and Couch Lobby. Uh, that's uh, N-A-C-N-C. Baby, check them out. N A C L, not the N A C P. It's a different, different people. Great people, though. Okay, uh, we're going to be moving on to the uh, the guest portion of the podcast shortly. I uh, just want to let you know that also, um, if you want to support the podcast, what? If you want to support, support, if you want to support, if you want to support. Uh, 
patreon.com slash live to tape. If you want to support the podcast, there's extra stuff there to go to get. Patreon.com slash live to tape. That's all I got. We're also brought to you by Glycoline Foxstead. If you need something to wet something that is not wet, Glycoline Foxstead, made in America by a proud immigrant labor force from multiple places in the former EU. Glycolic phosphate. If it needs wetting, we're going to wet you up, baby. Glyc it up. Registered trademark of Glycoline Phosphate Industry Farms, North American State, downstairs, upstairs, left, right, center. Okay, we're currently listening to a song by Tuccinelli. That's T-U-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I. It's off an album. It's really fucking cool. It's called Kenneth Baker's Balearic Biscuits. Check it out. Uh, and now we're just going to let this roll for a minute. Uh, it's a great place to be here today. It's a very special music episode with a very special musical guest. Wonderful. I can't turn this down. I can slow it down. Yeah, slow it. There you go. There. I can slow it really way down. Hi. I can get into that. Can you get into this? Tell me, can you get into this? Oh, I can definitely get into this. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. This is my guest today. My guest today is a comedian, a music lover. Would you call yourself a music snob, sir? I don't know. Halfway to a three-way, maybe? Yeah, probably half like that. Halfway to a snobbery three-way. Right now we're listening to an incredibly slow version of something from Sahel Sounds Records. This is some Turek shit. Oh yeah, I'm really feeling it. It's pretty good on any speed. It's pretty damn good. It's pretty good, right? Oh, it's great. Chris Garcia. Hey, what's up, Johnny? What's up, Chris Garcia? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. This has been a long time coming. Yeah, we've been talking about talking about music for a minute. Oh, we have. Yeah. Crazy. And now we're finally doing it. Now we did it, man. So, uh, what's up? What's new? Nothing. <laughs> just, you know? I just forced me to like, start like off the, just like, no, there's nothing at all prepping this at all. We're just going right into it. Oh, nothing. You know, doing jokes. Thanks for being comedy. here. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me. How's the temp for you? How's your liquids? Uh, I, you know, I got a lot of liquids. I got coffee. I got a tiny water. Okay, just I'm tiny water. Good. Yeah, we can. We have an unlimited supply of these tiny waters. Oh by yeah, the way. they're great. Mm. Oh, 
keeping Hollywood alive. We also have alcohol and beer if you're interested. Oh, well, I'm good. Some people love that. I kind of want to do that actually all the yeah. time. I always want to like be a day beer guy, but I'm I'm not as much as I. You know what I mean? Like, can you do day beers? Do I could ever... do day beers, but more on the weekend. More on the weekend, right? Or if I'm trying to do something, I don't know. Sometimes I like to go to a bar. At... I'm making it colder in here. Ooh, Matt, does this work over here? Colder? Yeah, it's kind of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I go to like to go to a bar like at four when no one's there and just oh, like yeah. rival, have a couple beers. Daytime, like weekday? Yeah, you do. When, if I'm free. When's the last time we did that? Thursday. Are you serious? No, Tuesday. Last You're Tuesday. Cool, man. No, come yeah, on. Yeah, you are. Honestly, that's cool. Yeah, you just sit. So no you one's there yet. Couple like, beers. What part of town are we talking about here? Uh, last week I did it in San Francisco when I was there. Okay, see that's different. Yeah, you know, but, when you're on the road. But I do it here. Like I'll go to like the Dresden or something okay. early. You when live no in Hollywood. There. Yeah, Los Feliz. So you go to Dresden like early afternoon. Yeah, because it's like a it's too goofy. It's too yeah. packed and crazy. Oh yeah, but, too many suits. Yeah, <laughs> too many suits, man. Too many fucking suits, so man. So many fucking goons in there. I can't stand those freaking. I can't stand those freaking suits. <laughs> that's what I think I sound like. Is this? No, you don't sound like. Did you pitch your voice? No, I'm just doing that. Oh, I'm just man. like, I'm just like. Well, I am pitching my voice, but I'm pitching my voice. Oh not, yeah, it's not a, it's not a post effect. I feel like I have like, hey guys, I have like a hey guys. Um, can I have a side of ranch dressing? Like <laughs> you I and I like... both have a sort of voice that, to us, I think, I don't know what I don't want to say annoying. It's like just sort of. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, I hear someone, I hear certain people with deep voices talk, and I'm like, oh, shit, man, that must be nice. Yeah. That must be nice to call customer service and just get instantaneous respect. Yeah, I'm like, um, <laughs> hey, I've got a problem here. <laughs> a, little bit, a little little kid. Yeah. Juvenile voice and a little, I don't know. Do you ever get mammed? I don't get mammed. Do you, you get, get mammed? I get mammed, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess my voice isn't as deep. Is yours, or maybe I don't know what it, I don't know what it is the, the science to getting mammed, but <laughs> there is something behind the getting getting of mammed that is really just it always happens when I least expect it. And I thought, oh, that's not happening anymore. Yeah, I'm done getting mammed. Then I just get fucking how straight many, up. How many times? How many mam? How many mams you get in a week? Oh, I mean, I guess it's kind of it's probably directly proportional to the amount of times I'm on the phone with people who I don't know. Or yeah. usually it happens with. People who are uh, foreign and they're talking on like a like a sales call, like a what do you call it, like a a bullshit call, oh, yeah. a shit call, as yeah. they say. That or maybe it's someone who is on the phone so much that they're sort of going from instinct. Oh yeah, they're and like, I okay. think maybe I can sniff this out. They're not feeling no, a man. sir. They're oh, feeling yeah. a man. <laughs> yeah. So because it's, it's ironic because they're being respectful, right? Yeah. You're being really respectful, but you're being like. It's just not the respect. It's not the type. It's not the color of respect that I'm looking. Do you ever for. throw your voice or anything? Not like in a corny way, but do you ever like? I'll try to be like a bit more gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, actually, I believe we ordered it in blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe we requested this. Actually, this actually was a request made many months ago, <laughs> many moons ago. My wife and daughter were are very disappointed. Yeah, we wanted uh, indigo blue. Actually, no midnight. Was it midnight, honey? Was it midnight? It was honey. <laughs> That's my wife. I call her honey. We've been married for quite a long time. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I do, I do have a problem with is remembering our anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I do have a problem with that, but... Yeah. Yeah, man. That's cool you do day beers, though. Yeah, every once in a while. I try not to drink as much right. as I used to, you know? How much did you used to drink, you feel like? 
Just like young man style, just like blurry, blurry twenties. Yeah, <laughs> like blurry twenties. That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I just like went for it. But you're not, you're not like a problem. You don't have a problem with it. Nah, I don't have a problem yeah. with it. Do you ever feel like that's kind of boring? Like you know, what I mean, do you ever, have you ever wanted to have a problem with something but realize you don't? Oh, I feel like aspired. Oh, I wish I could. You know, like to like, look back on it, like oh, I used to drink, but I'm sober now. Like that more, style. More just like ah, uh, uh, yeah. Like I wish I was. A, a hard partier, but when it comes down to it, I'm just not. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, so, I could party pretty hard. I just like having fun. But now I, I just don't like paying the tax for it. Like, Yeah, this is serious tax. We saw each other at Eric Andre's party, right. and I was like, had a fun time. Me too. But the entire next week, I was garbage. Oh, I got sick after that. I got fucking... Because oh. I, I did something called uh, going to the Renaissance Festival that day. <laughs> and I had a bunch of beers there. And then I was like, I told Eric I'd go to this his party. Yeah. So I got to go. Yeah. And, uh, and then I get there. I'm like, oh, uh, I don't. Like, it just was, it was way more than any person should do in one day. And I think I took some Vivance. You know what that is? It's like Adderall, basically. Huh. I took that because it's like, at this point, if I'm going to do that much in one day, I need like a little... A, a crutch. Yeah, you need a pick me up. Yeah, it's not even like a. It's not even like a fun thing. It's more just how do I? It's just. It's basically an afterburner. Oh yeah. So I'm burning tons of fuel, but I but I can be present enough to to like not be miserable. Yeah. And I did that, and that, that's always a bad thing. I did that, and it's like, oh, you just doubled up. You doubled up on one fucking day. Oh yeah, because then and you now you're just wrecked. Drink more or something if you're on five minutes. Drink like more. With yeah. yeah, drink more, and also just. Uh, just generally, just the amount of time being awake and having to be present. Oh like, yeah, just, that's exhausting. Just, yeah, it kicks your ass. I was so wasted by the by the next Friday, the right. following Friday. I was like, I think I'm gonna call my old therapist and see if he's a rail. <laughs> so, I was, I, was I, I got the blahs super hard. Oh really? Yeah, just because I was like, it was. Did we, you trip? Uh, no, no, I didn't, didn't trip or anything. But any, like we um, hallucinogenic. I, no hallucinogenic. No dopamine intensive. Uh, Altering? No, 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 nothing like that. No, as um, my old landlord would call special drug. <laughs> no special <laughs> drug, mom. No special drug, <laughs> landlord, mom. Weed's uh, okay, drinks okay. Yeah. No special drug. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, uh, special drug adjacent. You know, yeah, some of that. And uh, but I was just like, I think because we went, I started drinking at like one. Oh yeah, and I got to the party early because usually these parties start early, but yeah, this year it's didn't. Team. So I got there with my wife and some friends, mm-hmm. and it was just like a dog, the bounty hunter, <laughs> impersonator, oh and God. some lucha libre wrestlers, right? and just us. And I was like, well, I guess we'll start drinking. And the next thing you know, it's like twelve hours later. Yeah. And I was just like, I was the next morning. I wasn't hungover because I was still drunk. Yeah. And I was hungover on Monday. Oh so then, fuck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I gotta pump the brakes. I just can't do it like I used to. But you said you hit Friday and you you were feeling like <laughs> yeah, depressed. I was, yeah, I was like I'm sad, and I knew it. I was like I know I like partied, and it's gonna be a, a couple days that are gonna be a little sad or yeah. kind of lethargic. But then by Friday, but then on Monday over the weekend I was fine again. Right. But I still I happened to go to San Francisco where I used to live, where I used to see this therapist. Yeah. I saw him anyway. Just knocked some. Uh, How was it? Great. A great guy. Yeah. He just like knocked out some. I haven't seen him. I like hit a rough patch maybe a couple years ago. Right. I saw this guy. Uh, you were still living in San Francisco then? Yeah, I was living in San Francisco. And he's Listeners, Chris, Chris Garcia is a comedian. 
out of San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. currently residing in Los Angeles. Yeah. For the last almost six years now. For the last six years, Chris has lived in the United States, California, Los Angeles, formerly of San Francisco, California, also known as Northern California, but a lot of people in real Northern California call San Francisco Central California. But right. I, <laughs> you Central Cal people call Central. You know, people say like, oh, yeah, yeah. Not Northern California. actually Humboldt's Northern California, dude. <laughs> Chico, dude, fucking con San Francisco is not Northern California, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, fuck no, dude. Not <laughs> to be that guy, but <laughs> it's not Northern. It's actually Central, right? <laughs> not to be that guy, but to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You used to live. So, what brought you here? Besides, uh, like, like, what was the thing that made you like? I gotta move to Los Angeles. Um, two things, comedy. Right. Like I had been in San Francisco for a while, and I'd done a bunch of stuff. And you, you, what's it called? You didn't top out. What's the word you? Uh, I mean, um, you, you did it all. You did. Yeah, I did it all. I maxed out. Not you maxed, maxed out. out. I, I think you maxed out. You yeah, probably did. Like a wrestler, like a. He maxed out. Weightlifter. Um, no, I. Uh, yeah, I maxed out. Did a lot of stuff, and then uh, you know, my dad got a little sick, and I just came okay. home to help my parents and stuff, and just be a good, good son. It's time to move back and help out. Cause oh, because you they grew up here. here. Yeah, I grew up here. Oh, man. Where did you grow up here? In- I grew up... I was born in Inglewood and lived there until I was a teenager. And then um, for the last couple years of high school, I moved to North Redondo. Uh, but wow. I went to high school in Manhattan Beach. That's... I mean, all i got to say to that is that's crazy, man. <laughs> I always think, I'm always amazed that people who grew up here just because it's just... It's just... I don't know. I just can't get... It's like, it seems too good to be true. To grow like, up in Los Angeles, it's just like so cool. Like, like you have you were exposed probably to just. I just can't imagine the kind of stuff you saw at a young age. Yeah, it was pretty cool, especially when I when I switched schools. I, uh, music wise was interesting, right. um, but the high school I went to in Manhattan Beach, like the uh, Descendants went there, oh, and Pennywise went there, and Black Flag. Like it was like a punk rock if high school. One of those bands went to even. If one member of one of those bands went to any school I've ever been to, it would be like notable. But that was, that's like, yeah, and then like other like well, that's like, that's bands like that came after like Ninety Eight Mute or something. <laughs> but like uh, you went to punk rock high, basically. Yeah, kind of. Well, the whole South Bay. There's like the South yeah. Bay punk scene and stuff like right. that. Is that that's Hermosa Redondo? The Hermosa black. Redondo, uh, Manhattan, a little bit of Torrance, like Torrance. all the way down to like um, San Pedro, like or San right. Pedro. Or like, I say uh, San Pedro, but yeah, you know, Sublime and stuff like yeah. that. Long Beach Dub All Stars. Yeah, uh, Lag. No, not Lag. Lagwagon. No, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Maybe oh my <laughs> just God, like I that type heard of like Glow Skulls in forever. High school type of punk rock. Yeah. that's kind of like formative and stuff that I was never exposed to. You weren't. No, but then I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Well, what were you exposed? What were you into back then? When I was a kid, well, I grew up with like the typical kid stuff, like Beach Boys. Beach Boys went to my sister's high school in Hawthorne. Uh, which wow. at the time was really suburban when the Beach Boys went there, and then it became kind of like a hood style okay. um, school. And my sister went there, but Beach Boys went there. So I love the Beach Boys. Uh, I love the Beatles. My parents loved oldies music. Yeah. And so, but then um, I started really in like real hardcore rap as you like were a young into kid. Were you getting into anything like any like uh, chemicals? Uh, no, I was like pretty good. You were pretty good until like my school. senior year of high school. I was like, all right, well. I have a little puff here and there yeah. or something, you know? That's even that's, that's I was like, like I'm not going to do it more than 10 times because then I'll become a drug addict. You said that to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I said that to myself. Oh, what happened on the 10th? Were you like, okay, I'm going to really enjoy this 10th time because it's the last, it's the 10th. 
I really felt like it felt like I went through a th- when I brought pot into my parents' house or apartment for the first time. Right. I felt like I was crossing a threshold. Like I, had, yeah. I was like, oh no, what have I done? And then after the tenth time, I was like, uh oh, here we go. Like, Do you remember hiding it? Oh yeah, how you did it? How did you hide it the first time? I put it in a sock in a like um uh like a tennis ball container. Okay. <laughs> but, like it wasn't Wait, good. So you put but, it in a sock, put the sock in a tennis ball container. Yeah, and then I took. I had the type of um. The bed that had the cabinets underneath, right? Like a like a sailor's bed. bed. Yeah, and I pulled out the cabinet and I'd put it, uh, I'd hide it in the back. Really? But that didn't get caught. But I had like a porno that a porno video. Like it got an caught old in the one. same place. Yeah, it would just disappeared one day when I went to go look for it. Was it hardcore? It was called <laughs> a thousand percent anal. Oh was my the name god! Of it. And my so sweet funny. little parents were like, they didn't say anything. Yeah, they were like, that's uh, why would that's they, too I much mean, anal. If whatever. they said something to you about that, that would be more embarrassing for them to say, Chris, we found one thousand percent. Chris, we found one hundred percent. Sorry, we found one thousand percent anal. My friend Ben in high school. His his uh, tape that disappeared was so funny because it was very. His was called "My First Time Anal Experiences," <laughs> and it was the same sort of thing where we were watching it one night one night late, and uh, somehow the next day he he couldn't find it. And I think when you can't find "My First Time Anal Experiences," is because your mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> and disappeared that shit yeah. It just disappeared. Never spoke of it. I don't know how long it was gone because I wasn't like leaning on it super hard. I just like had it there. And when it was just gone, I was like, oh, man. Did you you have like a TV VCR in your room? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a California kid. To me growing up, like seeing movies and stuff, that was like, that's what a California kid has, man. Had a 13-inch TV VCR like at the end of my twin bed. California, bro. I remember finding like going through videotapes as an older person, like finding my parents' boxes stuff. And I was like... I bet if I put this VHS of Basic Instinct on, I know exactly where it left oh, yeah. off. And I put it in, and I was like, "Whoa, uh, Sharon Stone happened to just cross her legs." <laughs> like funny. I, it was like all those spots. I just, oh, what a gross little kid. Did you have window access outside? Like you could climb in through your window? Um, no, we're okay. on the second floor apartment with like a carport underneath. Well, that would be like heavy duty California dream. Like in my mind, that was like. California kid. Oh, getting in and out of the getting window. Getting out of the window, like Clarissa explains it all. Oh, and that's so funny. TV VCR. Do you have a, lo- a phone in your room? I had a phone in my Jesus room. Jesus Christ! Wait, you grew up in Minnesota? Yeah. And then you didn't do that stuff? Not at all, man. No. I mean, I don't know if my my parents weren't ex- ex- exceptionally exceptionally they weren't really conservative, but it was still a thing where. Definitely my mom would not let us have a phone in our room. Oh, yeah. And the TV in your room would just be... I mean, I can't even fucking imagine that. Yeah, I didn't really be... come out all that much. I mean, yeah. I I hung out with my parents. I socialized with them. But we didn't really eat dinner together. Really? We were all on kind of different schedules. So I was, like, watching a lot of TV. Damn. And at first I wasn't allowed to watch stuff, like... When I was a little kid, I couldn't watch Married with Children or I wasn't allowed to watch that either. Yeah. Is your family Catholic? Um, They're religious, but they're not, like... Super. Ca- I went to Catholic school for a while. Were they technically Catholic? You know what I mean. Like, are they like your parents? Because your your dad's Cuban, right? Yeah, my mom and dad are Cuban. Okay, and they were Cuban in. Um, I mean, they're Catholic in Cuba, but it was most to like congregate with other people yeah. who weren't communists. But they weren't like practicing. They known rosaries. My dad didn't know the words to stuff. Okay. <laughs> you know how you do yeah. the call and response? No idea. But yeah. 
but we they wanted me to go to a better school in Los Angeles, so yeah. they like put me in a school in Westchester. Westchester, Westchester right. Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right yeah, I was the same with me too. I went to Catholic school not because my my mom grew up Catholic, but it wasn't like she didn't really give a shit about that. You know, it was more like culturally Catholic, not like Catholic like really caring about it. But I mean, I ended up going to Catholic school for that same reason, just because that was quote unquote the better school, even though it probably was actually worse. Did you go the whole? Did you go K through twelve no, or whatever? No, I went seventh grade through twelfth grade. Oh wow! And the, the cool thing about not the cool thing, the interesting thing about it is that when you start Catholic school late, you see these people who've been there since kindergarten, and you're like, "Dude, this is what you what you think is normal is not." Oh yeah, like you're brainwashed. Yeah, I used to say, say that to people all the time. I thought it was such a badass. Like, oh, you're fucking, you're brainwashed. You've been in the system. Yeah, because you're not like pushing. Because I used to like push back a lot against. All that, not the indoctrination, just stuff where it was weird, creepy. Like you have to ask permission for that. Like why? I'm going to the fucking bathroom. I'm not a, I'm not a child. Yeah, and the opposite thing happened to me because I went to Catholic school, like junior high, and my freshman year, and then I went to public school. And I was like, these kids are animals. Yeah, I What's, bet. And I think they're dumb. <laughs> and and I was like, oh no, these kids are just normal. Right. I just went to like a strict dumb school but I was like yeah. they're just walking around with shorts on and whatever untucked <laughs> untucked no uh, collars oh my god he's untucked no <laughs> collar yeah but then that like oh uh, this is another music thing but when I transferred schools I think my freshman year I, I was like I hated white people really like out like like hardcore my freshman year of high school yeah I but- was just like but you was, were in Catholic school at that time. I was. I went to a Catholic school that was mostly, predominantly, like black and um, Latino. Okay. And it was just a vibe at the time. That's it was crazy. like the nineties. So what year is that? That's like ninety five or something. Yeah, like early nineties. Yeah. Ninety. I graduated in ninety five from uh, high school. From high school, right? And so early nineties, it was like LA riots are going on, yeah. all this stuff. So I was like, I love Ice Cube. I love Ice T. Like I love hardcore rap. And like Malcolm X, <laughs> like and all this oh, stuff. Man, that's so cool. And so I was like a tagger my freshman year, oh, and I was tag? just like, my name was Clever. Oh man, C L E V R. So wait, C L E V. And then oh, so R. no E, like yeah. like like Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, I was like an early <laughs> Clever. <laughs> um, that's which is, funny, man. And we were part. Me and my friend Carlos and some other people had. We we're part of OST, the old school tribe. And what is that? Is that a real thing? Yeah, we just called ourselves our, oh, okay. our tagging like a- crew was OST. And I shaved head like big Jankos. Oh big shit, ass Chris! Cypress I Hill had shirt. no idea. Yeah, I had a shirt. I, I look for them on eBay all the time. Right. They're like two hundred dollars, but. Cypress Hill shirt on the back says Latin lingo, the funky bilingual on it, and I was oh, just wow. like. And I wore like shell toes with the um, yeah. like uh, fat laces and stuff. And, wow! And I live. We didn't have a lot of money, but I lived by a Foot Locker outlet, mm-hmm. and they would have like, oh, we have purple pumas, and they just had like crazy yeah. colors. And I was like, I rock orange Brooks and Felis, just because they were like the shoes that were available. That's funny as shit. Oh my god! Yeah, and then I switched to um, you know. Pennywise High School or whatever, like just. And you were coming. You came in that way. Yeah, I came in that way, and so I was this like is a public. So that you had to tell you were dressing at the Catholic school, but not at school, right? Like obviously. outside of school, because I had a dress code or had a uniform. Dress code, right? But then when I came into the public school, that's how I showed up. Like I'm like, and then but then I made the transition. Like my, I always loved the Beastie Boys, but mm-hmm. right around then I think Check Your Head came out, and I was like, okay, the school's got skaters. 
Um, there's kids that wear, you know, um, baggy pants, uh, baggy pants, and Adidas and Pumas and stuff, and like uh, uh, Adidas jackets. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Uh, but then slowly, like, was like, all right, maybe I don't know. Maybe I like all sorts of different stuff. I'm not. And like, yeah. I was like, these white kids are okay. <laughs> you know, they're like they're nice and they're they seem welcoming. Right. <laughs> At first, it was that's weird. what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sort of our. That's sort of the the generic white person is just nice. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is all right. And then I just got exposed to different music and like kind of changed from there. I mean, that's I still funny. love all that hip hop stuff and I still like it today. Yeah. But that's like my oh, original man. music I like. I can't believe that. It's so crazy that no. it's like, cause it's such like a, it's almost beyond a stereotype. It's more just this thing where, like, it's like a Bratz doll. Oh, yeah. You know I mean, like, what you just described in my head just seems so cartoonish. It was so over the top. And I oh. was like, I didn't know who I was, but I was just like, yeah, I love Cypress Hill. And I was like, never smoked weed, <laughs> not violent. <laughs> like, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, I had known, my dad actually is friends with Sendog's dad from Cuba. Like, uh, the guy who talks like this, like, how I could just kill a man. That's from Cypress Hill? Yeah. I don't know, I honestly don't know a lot about that uh, era and genre of stuff. Oh. I know, know, I'm tangent to it, but I really don't know a whole lot of it, though. Yeah, it was like, you know, L.A. I'm getting the... um, I guess you would say kind of gangster rap, but yeah. mostly it was about weed and, you know, killing people. <laughs> <laughs> about weed and killing people. <laughs> no, but it was, I really, I still like it. Like, I still like yeah. Cypress Hill. It's I like, catchy. I mean, that's the thing about a lot of that, a lot of rap and hip hop, it's like a thing where it comes down to it just very listenable. Yeah. It's not even about the lyrics. There's some stuff where, still this day, I have no idea what someone said, but yeah. I just know, I just like the way the. I like where the beat sounds. Yeah. It's like a fucking dad right now. I just, you know, I like that beat. There's something about it. I don't know. Well, what's that you listen to? That's got a good beat to it. <laughs> yeah. It's got a good beat. Yeah. So dorky. Um, do you want to... Are we yeah. playing stuff? Do you yeah, want to hear was, something I, that I was... I was just going to like, do like, you know, like sort of your... Who you are, like feel oh, it yeah. out. And then we're going to get into like... We get into the actual music section of it. So listeners, what we're doing here now is this is going to be a music episode where Chris and I play songs for each other and then we talk about them like it's a fucking radio show, baby. <laughs> so what do you got first to play to talk about? Um, I can gonna... search it up on the on YouTube or I can search it up on Spotify. Either way, I've got a line in. Um, let's look up the song Many Clouds of Smoke. Okay. This is like pretty encapsulates this era that we we're just Total talking Devastation? About. Total Devastation. I have no idea what this is. Okay. Here we go. This is the official video we're about to play. Many Clouds of Smoke by Total Total D. Total Devastation. Okay. I wanna get blunted, my brother. Pull up a one, I wanna get blunted, my brother. Pull up a one, I wanna get blunted, my brother. I wanna get blunted, my brother. Pull up a one, I wanna get blunted, my brother. Never fronted, I always stay blooded. Many clouds, many clouds, running through my dome as I float. Look up, look up, look up, float on. Are the mics off? Yeah. I have the mics. So, I haven't thought about this song, but I was like, maybe we should discuss, like, I was like, maybe we'll just tell, like, go through music history. And this song, I'm a virgin, never smoked weed in my life. 
but I was like, this shit's funny and it's catchy. Yeah. Daddy Oh, our mic's still on? Matt? Can we put the mics on and just run through the hearphone headphones so they can say some stuff? Or can we turn off the speakers? Yeah. We're good at it. Okay. But I didn't inhale. <laughs> Sex twice? <laughs> he said money safe sex and a oh. whole bunch of weed. Oh god. Yeah. I had no money, I was a virgin, didn't smoke anything for till I, I was 18. I thought I said money, sex, sex. <laughs> but safe sex, man. This is like this is a weird blend of being very cool and aggressive, yet also saying safe sex. What a fun thing. That was the I think that was the vibe in the early 90s, you know? It was yeah. like It's like somewhat a little conscious, right. but still badass, but smooth. And there was a whole jazzy thing going right, on at that time. Yeah. Cuz it's got that it feels like it's like a tribe thing where it's sampled from jazz. Oh my god. I never I've literally never heard that. Yeah. All. Total devastation, many clouds of smoke. I don't know what others. I don't remember any of their other songs or anything. I just remember hearing this and being like yeah, that's me, dude. It and seems like maybe they don't have a lot of other songs. You think? Yeah, I think they could. That could have been their their banger, but it's a real. It's like good yeah, all the way through. It like tells a story. It's funny. It definitely, it definitely <laughs> feels like a product of that time exclusively. I can just even if I because that was the video we were watching on YouTube just now, but I could see everything they're showing me. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like dudes like, hanging out in some sort of a, a beachish area. <laughs> Like a beach adjacent zone, probably safe some bucket sex. hats. Bucket hats, yeah. Hoods, 
Yeah, he's learned to smoke from his dad. But you didn't. You didn't that wasn't. It's not your story, though. Not my it? story. But I just, I, you know, I didn't smoke weed probably for six or seven years after I heard this. But when uh-huh. you hear, it, you're like, yeah, that's 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 cool. I'm <laughs> trying know? to think what got me into weed. Like as far as music, what was the thing I heard where it was like the first mention of it? I feel like it must have been fish or something. Like I was into fish because that I can't have been. I think it was just more just straight up people's. I don't know, man. I don't think I had like that. I don't think I had like a thing that was like a like oh, you gotta smoke weed because it's cool because these guys smoke weed. I think it was more just in the ether, but definitely fish though. Oh yeah. When did you start smoking weed? Probably started smoking weed maybe like fifteen, maybe fourteen. I was. I think I tried a couple times. I had a thing where I think I smoked four times before it hit me. Yeah. And when it did, I was like, oh, I had like two hits of this little wooden whale. This tiny bowl made of <laughs> shaped like a whale, made yeah. of wood. At uh, I think it was Nate's backyard or Matt's, uh, you know, a guy with four letter first name, his yeah. backyard. And we climbed out the basement window and smoked it, and I got fucking super stoned. And uh, yeah, I think I don't even know. I'm, I mean, I think I was, probably, well, I was probably into like a lot of like hippie shit back then. I was yeah. really into, um, yeah, I guess I was into fish. Fish is very much... Like, fish doesn't have songs about weed. They're just sort of basically saying what we sing about is clearly influenced by yeah. psychedelics or... They are weed. Yeah, they are weed. They're, made <laughs> yeah, of, they're yeah. literally made of weed. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Do you still like fish? I, You know what? I do still kind of like them. I don't really listen... I, don't, I almost never seek them out. Never like listen to them actively. But there's some, there was a time, I think on New Year's actually, Britt and I watched the live new year's uh coverage of fish and i was really i was really enjoying it yeah it's so listenable now like them older i'm like oh this is actually kind of like dad rock really oh wow it's not aggressive it's not like, hard to listen to it's just real kind of peaceful and flowy i can see how you'd be annoyed by it because it's so boring it doesn't really go anywhere it's kind of noodly but at the same time it's not really it's definitely not hardcore or anything yeah, I've never gotten into them, and it's not because I hate them or have anything against yeah. them. For some reason, like, they've just never crossed my path, even though I live in the Bay Area for a long time. Oh, yeah. I've been a Burning Man a bunch of times. Like, You've somehow, been a Burning Man a bunch? Yeah, like four times. Oh, shit. But like, I'd never, somehow never cross. And so sometimes I'll like dip my toes in, and I'll be like, I'm not sure where to start. This is overwhelming, so I'm yeah. just not gonna. I feel like it's a thing where the moment has passed if yeah. you're not into it. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to play a fish song. I'm going to play my, this is probably my favorite fish song. This is cool. This is very organic, what we're doing right now. Yeah. Super Listeners, I don't know if you know this, this is very organic <laughs> right now. I think this is probably my favorite song from that they did. This is off an album. I think this was... What album is this from? This is from an album called... Uh, what's it called? Fucking... Otis Spunkmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to guess. <laughs> is that, that's, that sounds like an album. Uh, this is an album called The Story of the Ghost. This came out, I think... When I was in high school, maybe I think this is when I first saw them live on tour in Alpine Valley. This was the album that we were seeing. Obviously, the first album I ever heard was that one with Hoist. It's got the fucking horse on the cover and a Hoist. Uh. That's got like the the. I'll play. You probably heard this song before. This is like one of their hits. It's so so cheesy and so like not. Does this sound ring a bell at all to you? This is a song called Sample in a Jar. Oh my god, I can't wait to fucking listen to this. Chris, this has been so long, dude. For real. Like, this is so wholesome. Yeah, it really is. I can't is. believe how wholesome this yeah. is. It's like a fucking Honda commercial. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, not even that. Honda wants more edge than this. It's like a BP spill cleanup commercial. Yeah. <laughs> it's hidden far away. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Real wiggly. Yeah, wiggle. <laughs> Wait till the chorus hits, baby. Without you now I'd wander soaking, secretly afraid. But in your grass the tears don't last, though some of them have stayed. Hey man! <laughs> hey! Wow, this is nice so sandals, nice. dude! Yeah, thanks, <laughs> like, man! Oh yeah, this is crunchy. Oh yeah. Here's the chorus coming up. A sample in a jar! Yeah. <laughs> You never heard this? Never heard it. I get it though. You're like yeah. in a field with some friends. I think this is the hit from that album from Hoist. This is one called Down with Disease. This is the one that's like people. This is the one that's like. Ooh, damn. Yeah. That's Mike Gordon on bass. Yeah, man. Listen to that liquid bass. <laughs> yeah. That's a liquid, baby. They ran that through a jar of <laughs> gum. Yeah, this is like a hit. Yeah. So that's like, that to me is like the probably the first fish I heard. That's what I got probably got from the BMG Music Club. Oh, man. Was that, about that. was that album. But then this was like the first one that ever meant something to me as a person. Like, oh, I like this song. I remember listening to it on my dad's stereo and seeing them live. And they played it. This is a song that's way too long to play on this. It's a song called Gayuti. It's about a little pig. It's, it's honestly kind of like a, kind of sweet. It's yeah. like it's weirdly sweet. It's not cool at all. Yeah. I think my friend's little brother, who came with us to see fish in Alpine Valley, he cried during this song. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I think it's more because he was so stoned or something oh, yeah. like that. So it's like. Because it does have this cool section where it's very like, like oh, yeah. it's cra- very orchestrated, very kind of Zappa esque. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of like yeah. spaghetti dancing. Oh dude, those girls with like patch skirts. Oh yeah, like going crazy. Remember the big story from this concert we went to the first time I went was that my friend Jenny and some other girl she knew named Maggie who was younger. Maggie was like a super hippie girl, like big time fucking dreadlocks, white girl, dreadlocks. Yeah. You know has. Very wealthy. Uh, yeah. She and she and uh, Jenny were so high that when they they ate a funnel cake, they vomited up and they ate it again. Oh, no <laughs> yeah. way! Yeah, they were like tripping balls or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows what they're on? Whatever fucking yeah, shit mushrooms are available. Good concert. <laughs> Gaiuti. I'm waiting for the part that I remember to be like ripping. It's not happening though. This is it, Pride. Here it comes. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, it's almost there. It's time to start chugging, baby. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, there we are. This is the part where you go crazy. Mounting. Oh, yeah. Uh... Still waiting. See, I'm into this. It's like metal without the metal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's kind of like, um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Ween and Zappa. Oh, totally. And the dead. The dead. I mean, that's the whole thing about fish, that's I guess. It's just that it's the new generation of the dead, right? Yeah. That's basically it. I think I would have, like, as a younger kid, I mean, people hated on it, you know? Yeah, people hate them on them like crazy. But, I mean, there's a world for this. And, like, oh, it just yeah. reminds me of those kids in high school and college that were like, the smart, nice guys that wore Birkenstocks uh -huh. and were kind of funny. They were like yeah. in AP classes and, and they, they were like, sweet. maybe homeschooled. Yeah. Had a weird name. Yeah. Ma like Mason. Griffin. <laughs> yeah, Griffin. Yeah, something like that. Griffin. Uh, like, tell me. Not tell me. What the, what the fuck? What name is that? I'm trying to think of some <laughs> weird name. Taylor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Taylor Griffin. Maybe their dad owned like a music store and they've been yeah. teaching guitar since they were 12 themselves. They're, like over it. Yeah. But uh -huh. then they're like, there's a place for this, you know? Totally. I'm glad they have a avenue and fans and stuff. I think Good a lot of listeners of this podcast are fish fans. Really? I have a feeling. I think there's cool. a lot of them who are... Hard. I mean, there's a lot of people who who never stop liking fish. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of sort of not liking them anymore. But there's a lot of people who I know, like people who are like uh, like Mendocino dudes, that kind of <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. There's just people out there I know who've never stopped liking fish. They just sort of maybe didn't wear it as publicly. Yeah, just because. I bet you the live shows. Everyone's like, you got to see them live. Yeah, and that's like a cool experience. And all their friends I have that have gone. Like, I have, uh, like, a couple Burning Man friends that have just took to Burning Man so well that yeah. they're, like, they, they're just fun, they're prepared, they just know how to, like, have a good time right. and, um, you know, be, be really fun. And I was like, how would you, like, my friend Nick, I was like, how'd you become, like, you just instantly were, like, good at this. And right. he's like, yeah, dude, fish concerts. Like, I just, like, I'd camp, I'd come prepared, right. I'd always have, like, a blanket and some apples. And <laughs> and <laughs> some apples. And, like, a little pipe, and you, oh you never know when God. you're going to come back to your tent or whatever, so, like, you have to, you have to... You know, 
you gotta be, be ready to go. come back in two days or whatever. And it's like, oh, fun. Like just living off the land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Live off the generosity of those around you. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how did you get into Burning Man? That seems like a kind of a big, I don't know how to say it. Like it seems like a, it seems out of character, I guess, from what we've talked about so far. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I lived in the Bay Area for a long time and I worked at a science museum when I was a student at Berkeley and there was a lot of like scientists that were like, I think I was probably like 19 or 20 and there's mm-hmm. like 30 year olds that like there's a guy named Geo who was like Geo. really into like uh, f- like birds and had like a big red goatee <laughs> and uh, he's like and he had a dirty truck and he's he's kind of a patchouli guy yeah. and he was like Chris dude you gotta come to Burning Man and I was like no thank you like you guys are old Creeps. what year is this you think uh, early aughts how long has Burning Man been around now I think it's been since, I think the first one was like 85 or something crazy. Her right. Early 90, it's been around for decades. But how um, long has it been? Because it kind of blew up in the, what, maybe five years ago, six years ago, it got real big. Is that it, right? It's been bigger for a long time. Really? How long has it been like a thing where it's... Well, in I the Bay Area... You know what I mean? I'm trying to think how to say this. I it's think definitely, since, 2000, since the 90s, it's been big in the Bay. And okay. so it's kind of insular, I think, at first. Right. I went for the first time 2008. That was my first time. And by then, I feel like it was big. It was pretty big. It was like yeah. fifty or 60,000 people. But now it's maybe like 80,000 people. Okay. So it's not... It's, when do you think it got... When did it first like pop off? You know, I, I don't know if I could. I'm not was sure. Was it featured I could on an episode of Scrubs? And it really. <laughs> it was on an episode of uh, Malcolm in the Middle. I was think, it really? Yeah, I didn't see the episode, but I think they go there as a family. Or Is something. that what broke it? That's what <laughs> yeah, Bernie yeah. Man on the map. They've been trying. Bernie Man had a PR agent yeah. just trying to get him on the network TV. Yeah. Because that's but their I, audience. I went with. So my friend Heather, who's actually. She's really cool and really smart. Yeah. Had been going for years. And she tried to get me and my childhood friends i have like four best friends from high school mm-hmm. that were still best friends and we're just really close uh just me and four guys and she was like you guys would really love it you guys are really fun you're smart you're creative uh-huh. we're like no way heather and then i think 2008 we all had something like i um i think i'd just gone through a breakup and i i think i'd been in relationships my whole 20s or right. something and for the first time i was like I think I'm just not going to jump like from a relationship to relationship right now. And, and she was like, Gonna you know free. what? Just come to Burning Man. It'll be fun. It's like not a creepy sex thing, which like it is. I mean, it is whatever you want it to be. And it's so big. It can be anything. Yeah. And so like I showed up with my childhood friends and mm-hmm. we and somehow after a week became better friends. And we had been That's friends crazy. for like maybe 15, 16 years at this point or something Were like that. Were you guys that. part of a camp or anything? Yeah, she was part of a big camp called Bat Country, which is wow, like a cool. Hunter S. Thompson. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, it was a little intense because it was a really big one. But how big ju- is big? A uh, couple. It felt like at least a hundred people, wow. a couple hundred people. Um, but we just had our own little tent. And what I really like about it was a couple things. Like you show up and um, you're just in the middle of the desert, just like a. a playa bed it's just like yeah. nothing right i know a pretty good amount about this point but from hanging out with some people because i'm gonna go this year you for are? the first time oh awesome because uh my friend duncan he he went i think last year for the first time or maybe some maybe a second time but he uh we i just been hanging out with uh him and some of the people he met there and yeah. so they've been giving a lot of information about it but yeah, yeah real- it is, but you should t- talk about it because it's really interesting i was really surprised to learn 
how it is. You know, I it's wouldn't like, think of myself as a burner at all. Right. But you show up. There's nothing there, right? Yeah, it's just nothing. And by and you're just surrounded by people, and you're putting up tents and figuring out how the city works, and riding your bike around the desert, which is really fun, and just having a good time. And by Wednesday, the whole thing looks like Vegas, but like uh, one that you made with the people around you. Yeah. And so people go to crazy creative links. Like they'll make like a a crazy bar that moves around the desert that's shaped like an octopus that you could sit on. Yeah, and the creativity, the stuff I've seen, it's just like, all the people, I, half people I know who are part of this camp that I'm going to be going to, they're like fucking engineers or yeah. carpenters. Yeah. They know how to like make. They can make anything with their hands. Yeah, one year we like stayed with all doctors. <laughs> and they're just like super smart, old, old like doctors like in their 60s. Yeah, that were just like, wow. just fun older people that were like... That's so crazy to me. Yeah, and they had a place called like Alternative Energy Zone. Which oh. So there was no uh, generators because generators are kind of loud. Yeah. And so they're like, we do solar power here. Uh, <laughs> we like, it's not loud. It's like real chill. Uh-huh. And just like stayed with them. But... Like you stay, like you slept there, you camp there. Yeah, we stay in the camp. We oh. contribute to the camp, and like we made a, ne- a meal for everyone one night, and it was like really fun. I think we had picklebacks or something, Ooh. which is like fun thing to have in the desert because it like yeah. keeps you hydrated, and it's like yeah. kind of silly. Um, but yeah, Wednesday it's Vegas, and then Sunday it's all gone again. And yeah. you made it with the people around you, and you'll be surprised. Like I think it got me out of this weird shell that maybe I had been in, but really? like sometimes you sense. think there's like a cap to what's possible and stuff. Uh-huh. But going there for one week with my friends, I just like blew my mind. Like I had so much fun. So you were in? Oh, I was in. And um, actually, there's a fun song. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, I was. That's why I was queuing up the computer. I feel like there's got to be a good fun song that Chris has got that is tangential to what we've been talking about um let me see what's a good one of these i was reminded of this matt peters just post you know matt peters i know matt yeah i'm I'm gonna have matt on here soon for the same reason because matt and i have been matt's matt's hit me some music that i have some of my favorite music now is stuff that matt told me about he's so like he just did this thing on instagram where he just like like i think he posted like 10 songs in 10 days or something like songs posted, that he liked. what do you post just like a, a picture of the of the either the song or the album or something okay. and like why he liked it yeah. and I was like I love the same music this guy does and he reminded me of the first time I ever heard this one song okay this which gonna be was good. at Burning Man yes so I was coming off a breakup and I didn't really feel so sad about it right. I just felt like I probably went I'd just been I I was one of those guys I was just perpetually in a relationship. I jumped from right. one to another and stuff like that. And I never really got to like find yourself. Find myself. Yeah. Actually, outside of another person. And so I was like, I'm going to go to Burning Man. I'm just going to go. Like, if it's cool, it's cool. If not, whatever. I'll pack mm-hmm. up and come home. Had a great time. And this one night, we did mushrooms with like a bunch of people, some strangers. And usually I would only do it with friends. I'm yeah. not about to like. It is kind of a scary prospect. It can be. Yeah. And we met this um we met this old guy named Montino. Oh my god, the fucking names were thrown out tonight. <laughs> but, oh what's up? It's Montino, <laughs> yeah. baby. What's up? I have a Sirode. Do you know what a Sirode is? Uh a Sirode? No, I don't know what a Sirode is. <laughs> it's like uh what's it called? Uh it's like a sitar but 
cooler? Does it have sympathetic vibration? Fully, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm at a sympathetic vibration hardcore. <laughs> I think uh, that's what a sitar has. Oh. No joke. I think that's what it's it got. Like, it's got the... Like, like it, uh, other things will vibrate because of a sound of one sound will make another sound go. Oh, that so, makes sense. I think so, but also, I don't have the fucking... <laughs> So this guy named Sam Montino. Montino. He's Montino. Cool old dude, and he's wearing all white, and he's sitting yeah. cross-legged playing the Sarod. And we're like, walk how up do you, to this. Do you know how it's spelled, Sarod? I'm just curious. S-A-R-O-D, I believe. S-A-R-O-D. Oh, okay. Got it. That makes um, sense. Yeah. So we sit down and talk to Montino, and he's like this wise old man in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see if he's on Spotify. I wasn't going to play. I was going to play something else. No, it's not on here. But he's a he's a musician. He's a musician. Okay. And he was like, we're talking. We all, me and my friends, all like music. And he, we're talking about the music. We'd never seen a Sarode before. And he was right. like, he was like, this is a Sarode. It works like this. And we're like on mushrooms. We're like, whoa. Is that a Middle Eastern instrument? You think? Um, yeah. It's either. Yeah. It's. I think it actually might be from India. Okay. I, I might be wrong, but. Um, he's talking about it and he's like really just killing it and we're listening and we're asking like naive mushroom questions like yeah. when you my friend Eric has a recording of this like oh I'd love to hear this oh my god and, he, and he's like hey so when you were playing the music were you aware of us <laughs> and then, like every, everyone like because it was such like a weird you meet Yoda que- like yeah. it was such an awkward funny sweet question and then everyone just like cra- he's like ah He's like, of course, I'm aware of you. I'm aware of everything. We're just playing the music. And what happens when I play? Mm-hmm. It's just what comes out is the fruit of the moment. Ooh. And we're like, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and so it was just like this really cool thing. My friend still has a video of the whole thing going down. Sounds uh, great. Which I can send you. It can be, it's just kind of funny. Um but it was just like, I was like, wow, this guy's like living in the moment. Mm-hmm. He's like creating, it made me think of comedy because I think I'd just been doing it for a couple of years at that point. He's like, he's just being here and just letting it out. It was very inspiring. And then went out and had a great time with my friends. And then that, that thing happens when you, the mushrooms start to wear off, right? Yeah, there's definitely, it can be different, different times. Can't, well, go ahead. Though. Yeah, it could be like this one was like. Sometimes it's always a little har- for me. It's a little harrowing because it like my first my tummy hurts and then I'm like, which way is this gonna go? And then I was like, oh, I'm having a great time. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we saw that one of the coolest things to do at Burning Man is to see the sunset. Oh wow! So you stay up till five or six in the morning. It's desert cold. You mean sunrise? Sunrise, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay up yeah, till. Man. Okay, so how it works in the desert is the sunrise <laughs> is actually at the sunset. Uh, dude, if you road. can make it to seven thirty, you're a fucking champ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard because you know you're tired. You've been up for eleven hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to see the sunrise and you're like bundled up in blankets and this stuff and you're there with the people who made it that far and it's kind of sweet because like I was saying my friend Nick or something will have like hey guys I have an apple if anyone's hungry it's like oh I still have wine left and everyone's just like prepared to go into the night and and stuff and then I was like okay guys well I'm gonna go to bed Uh and so I like found my tent and I heard this song coming from like a tent over and it was just my my friends were hanging out in this like whatever other tent and I was like but it was that time in the mushroom trip where I was like is this real was that a mirage Mm -hmm. like is what I just learned just gone forever 
or of like is my life different now or something because it's almost you've gotten used to tripping at this point yeah. so it, it might it's, it's still not it's novel yeah. to you but you're not sure if it's novel because you're high or because it's real and you're coming down yeah, yeah. totally and then I heard this thing we're about to hear and it just like it spoke to I never heard the song before which is such a cool way to listen to a song yeah. for the first time and it kind of spoke to me and uh, it just really comforted me and I was like it was like hey Everything's going to be just fine. It was like that type of song, and it's a song that uh, Matt Peters just actually posted about. Let me look at my Do you want me to search here. it up? Yeah. Um, Is it on look, Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify. Look up Papa M. Oh, okay. You know Papa M? Yeah. So the sun is just rising.
Some good mornings, Jeff. Right yeah, there. isn't it real nice? <laughs> Sun's coming up. What's the name of that track? Um, Up North Kids. Up North Kids. Uh, see, I remember Papa M from... Play five. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him, I remember him from... Uh, I guess that's probably, what, from 2004 or something like that? Yeah. Because I think there was a Papa M record that came out when I was working in college radio. Oh, cool. I think that, that's very much like a product of that sort of post-rock period where... Like Tortoise, you listen oh, to yeah. Tortoise. He was in Tortoise. There you go. He's part of that. Like, what's his kind name? Of Chicago. Um, David Paho. This is the, oh, that's Pacho. Dave, David Paho. Yeah, I didn't realize that da- Pop Band was David Paho. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. I fucking love David Paho. That's amazing. I don't know how I didn't know that because I like him a lot. Like, I have a lot of his solo records. They're great. Yeah. I think I've even played some of that stuff on the podcast. Like he had one that came out. He had an album that came out in two thousand five or maybe six when I first moved to L. A. I listened to it obsessively. It's so fucking dark, though. It's so depressing. Oh, yeah. He gets there. Yeah. He's got, like... I mean, I know he's had, like... Uh, some friends of... One of my friends is good friends with him from way back. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's gone. He's gone through it, you know? That yeah. guy's, like... I think he, on his blog or, like, on Twitter recently, he put... He had, like, a cryptic post. Wow. And I went to... I think he has a message board on his website. Yeah. And I just was like, hey, man... We don't know each other. I just have to let you know how much your music means to me. And I'm like, I don't do that sort of thing. And I was like, like this song kind of like changed my life. That's cool. This one right now. Yeah, that and like a couple other songs. But I was like, uh, just know that you have that influence on the world and that people are hearing you and feel what you say. That's great. And it's just like, because that guy's, I mean, just that's melody like all that stuff is just so pure and you can just like yeah. feel it and vulnerable it's just really beautiful stuff yeah it is, that's a good point it's very like tactile it has like a real yeah it's very uh, tangible it's yeah. a very tangible sound it's uh, it's so it's so simple it's such a like deceptively simple song but it feels like yeah I just love that shit I really like stuff that's really repetitive like that it has like a it's like groove without being groovy yeah it's a little droney yeah. It's repetitive. It's on the loop, but then it's like some. It's dreamy. What album is that from? Um, I think this one is. Hold on. This one's from Live from a Shark Cage. Live from a Shark Cage. Let's see. So what? He's got. He's so prolific. Yeah. That is from what? Okay, I'm trying to think of what year that is. I'm trying to find it on this fucking. Is, is, it's not a single, is it? No. Um. There's also oh whatever mortals another good one whatever more because I have I guess I'm getting I'm getting his I don't know what the difference is between Pop M and David Paho by his own name but either way yeah I think he just for some just, reason sometimes it's a side project yeah that shit's fucking great that's an awesome one what's this, what's it called again so I can tell you um, it's called um, Up North Kids I was gonna play the Stevie Wonder song but that reminds me so much of you've listened to Toreg music I don't know if I know Toreg music. Okay, so Toreg, uh, Toreg is like a, I guess Toreg is a, I want to say it's a it's a group of people in the mm-hmm. desert, like Tunisia or Mali. Hell yeah. And they play all this, um, there's all this sort of repetitive, 
kind of droney guitar music that they make. And uh, I got really into it a few years ago. And the shit, something that's so similar to that. Uh, let me let me put one of these tracks in here. I brought the fucking record player in here for a reason. Yeah, Somebody nice. will put this on. See, I got a, I've got a bunch of stuff to choose from. So we got this is this record called. Uh, and I, and I'm gonna butcher all this shit. This was one of the things that I was playing when you first walked in. The thing we playing at the top. But there's there's all this stuff from like Sublime Frequencies put some stuff out. Sahel Sounds put some stuff out. But it's all this Toreg rock. There's a band called Tenara Win. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. There, I think uh, this is the this is the one. This is the fucking album to have. It's called Islan in Tenere. It's or Ishlan Ishilan in the letter N. Tenere, and this is guitar music from the Western Sahara, or I guess they say Sahel. I'm probably just butchering all this shit, but who gives a fuck? Because right? <laughs> I mean, this is all made for this. But this is this same record, Sahel Sounds, which is a subsidiary of Mississippi Records. All these names on here are absolutely unpronounceable to me, so I'm not even going to say it because uh, I'll butcher it. But I'll put this fucking record on. Okay. Uh, this is, let's see, let's pick a track. We'll just fucking dig around here because we can do it. But this, yeah, this reminds me so much of that Papa M stuff because it's got the same kind of, like, droney. It's, like, relaxing without being, like, overly chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something about stuff that's super chill sometimes. You're like, give me give me a fucking break. Let's see. Let's see I'll find one that try, tries to approximate that. This is the first track, which is really great. Because it's all that same... It's that same uh, I want to say it's like a Phrygian scale, right? Oh, man, this, I was supposed to be obsessed with this music. It's got a little skank to it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my god, I never thought of that's true. The, main, the big guy from this whole movement is a guy named Ali Fark Tournay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's kind of like the, the, the head, what do you call it, the figurehead of this whole group of guys who make this music. His stuff's amazing. There's like a groove, but it's not corny. Yeah. And it's like chill, but not annoying, you know? <laughs> it's really special. It's really like rarefied kind of stuff. It's just... There's not a whole lot of it out there. So that's what's the cool thing about it. It's just really just... It's also... The weird thing about it is it has a propensity to become easily cheesy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you like put some strings behind this, it'll ruin it. Yeah. It's like how... Old blues music is exactly, exactly. Like a bunch of old guys in a bar playing it, the corner, right? You know, There's, I remember at work one time I heard some guys talking about Ali Fark Tournay, and they were saying something about they described it in the cheesiest way possible. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, like oh no, I've been I, this shit's been found out by some some squares. Oh yeah, I hate that. Uh, what do they say? It was something about 
I do. It's like African blues. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like African blues, man. It's yeah. really cool. Let's see if we find a better, another track to play you. This is supposedly a tribute, an homage à Ali Fark Tournay. <laughs> this is all this. This is this, you can just hear the campfire. Oh yeah. This one of these, it's really killer. Do you ever notice how also like songs used to love when you listen back to them, you're like, I don't like they they over time they change character, and you're like, this is the same song. But it's just not doing the same thing. Yeah, like to you personally, or yeah. To, well, to me, it happens a lot. Like even probably right now, I'm trying to find this song. I remember like just rocking out to, but I'm not like <laughs> none of these are hitting it. I can't tell which one it is. I'm just fucking skipping over this record right now. I'm just like doing that. It's like I'm at a listening station at a record. <laughs> yeah. Is this good? Did you get into this when you were in Africa or before? No, I got this quite some time. No. Yeah. Cool. And the whole thing is South Africa is a whole... Oh, Africa you were in South Africa. so big. It's yeah. like... I got really into a lot of the stuff from Ghana mm-hmm. and like uh, the area that has a music called High Life. That was something I got really into. Doug and I, oh, Doug Lesson up and I got really into that shit probably about, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. Before, when that stuff was starting to be, be available from yeah. different labels and stuff and that's one of those things like High Life is a type of music I should probably find a High Life song to play but I'm just trying to pick one out here that's, that's killer I think nothing's gonna satisfy nothing's gonna have like the heat of the meat <laughs> the heat of the meat this is pretty good though I think also it needs to be louder and like over speakers or something, but yeah, I should find a high life track to play. But this that, this totally reminds me of that pop, of like a very similar. It's kind of like if you were to hear this just randomly, it would just be so. Like, what is that? Yeah, because the melody is like simple, but yeah. it's like just gets it like hooks you. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of the Ethiopian stuff is the same way where it's uh, it's almost like a it's so different than Western music that. If you listen to a lot of it, it becomes, it like kind of recalibrates your sense of rhythm. Yeah. Because it's not, it's a different rhythm emphasis completely than like a normal Western, like 4 4 kind of shit. Yeah. Because these guys. I love, like, so many. Scales are so cool. Mm-hmm. The little runs that they do. Do you know Chief Commander Ebenezer Obey? No. He's from Nigeria. It's just a shredder. Really? <laughs> Plays guitar and it's like Chief Commander Ebenezer Obey. Yeah. And there's so much of that stuff that's sort of became available the last few years, kind of after I was really into it that I feel like I missed out. I feel like I remember looking for William Onabar Records. Yeah. And giving up, and now it's like, oh, they're everywhere. I heard one on like a VW commercial, yeah, or something. It's that, now. I was like, oh, this is like, done. Yeah, but it's great music. Everyone should hear it. Right. It's good for if he has the rights to it. <laughs> That's uh-huh. amazing, you know. But it's funny. It's everywhere now. Yeah, I feel like I'm sort of over the uh, the ownership of certain songs because it's like one of those things where. Yeah, I mean, but the same the same time, there is a lot of stuff that I feel like I have that I know no one's fucking got. Yeah. And just because. 
no one likes it enough for them to bother to reissue it. I feel like some of this, there's a lot of, that to me is what is so great about a lot of reggae is that there's just, people just don't bother to fucking put it out because it's, it's like this shit, this uh, Little Ranger album. Actually, I think this might be reissued, Battered and Dem. Ugh. Who should hear it? Want to hear it from track? Oh, hell okay. yeah. So this is like, for me, this is what, this is what got me into this era of reggae is, uh, Lone Ranger, this stuff is all like Studio One. It's not all Studio One, but this one's Studio One, which means it's Clement, Cox, and Dobb producing it. He's like the guy who kind of almost invented Rocksteady, essentially. So he's the mixer and the engineer, which is kind of, that's kind of rare. A lot of this stuff that that Lone Ranger did was produced by Scientist or uh, Tubby, King Tubby at the time. Oh, nice. But this this stuff, I mean, uh, to me, this is a super progressive. Even though it has like the the Studio One house band so it's real it's like live shit but it's got this it's just too fucking good okay there's so many good songs in here Fish Tea how about Fish Tea listen to Fish Tea Fish Tea is a soup made of fish it's supposed to make your boner really hard (laughs) that's what they say Spanish. I understand about half what he's saying. Yeah. I tell the vital. Yeah. It's just perfect. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It just sounds so good. Especially if it's loud. If you hear this, if you hear this over speakers, someplace loud. Yeah. It's like it can't be loud enough. Yeah. Like it can't. It'll never hurt your ears. It'll just like oppress your chest. It's so catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm pretty sure that's his, uh... Okay, you can hear the, some of that mixing. It's so rudimentary. 
So he can't. We can't hide the edits because it's like so. The shit they're working with in Jamaica was so fucking primitive. Like all these guys were engineers. Yeah. Which is the craziest thing to me. It's like all these half these guys were doing like double duty. Yeah. It's like oh you're you're it's like being a doctor and a lawyer at the same time. Yeah. Like it's just unbelievable. Can you, play that, the, can you play the last like ten seconds of that yeah. song? Like I love that. You know they brought that. It sounds like a honky tonker, like a rinky dink piano in the back. Oh yeah, just like two seconds. It's like so well put together. Yeah, just like that. And it had no like, little stats. Beginning, but I was like, ah, they still even put that in there. That's the kind of shit that gets me with a lot of this stuff. There's these little nuggets where you just don't hear any place else. These little, like, perfectly executed pieces of music that are inside of that piece of music that it just, yeah. It's like when you hear something like that, you feel like it's just for you. Yeah. That no one else heard that. Cause I didn't hear that. I don't think I've ever really noticed that little. But now I'm never not going to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about that. There's always like little subtle things. There's, I mean, it's kind of in all the stuff we've been talking about today. Like all that, all that post rock shit's got that. Was like a little. It's like stuff, like an Easter egg for a musician sort of thing. Yeah. That's just. Oh, it's like yeah. a little kiss on the cheek at the end. Just I fucking little, love it. A little smooch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cute. I don't know. That was probably Jackie Me Too doing that. Who is maybe one of the most famous? Yeah, it was Jackie Me Too. He's credited on there. Jackie Me Too is. He was the uh, house keyboard player for Studio One for like fucking twenty years. Man. Nice. That guy, that guy is like about as big a deal as you can get in terms of instrumentation and uh, Jamaican music. Yeah. He's Are like, you, you're a reggae dog. Uh, I've been pretty much a reggae dog <laughs> for um, guilty, <laughs> uh, guilty reggae dog for about maybe fifteen years. I awesome. guess. I don't know. I got really into reggae when they started putting out those Trojan box sets. I think it was by 2004 or 5, maybe 2004, they put them out. There was three CDs in the box set, and I got the Tighten Up box set. I remember being being drunk, listening to it. The Tighten Up was a compilation that Trojan put out, so the Tighten Up compilation was super uh, diverse. It was like not just dub, not just rock steady, not just ska. It was like a lot of different sounds, so I just happened to buy like probably the best one. Because the Tighten Up was a... It was a six-volume compilation that Trojan put out, like, in the 70s and 80s, like, throughout, like, per- sporadically. And that had um, so much good shit on it. I remember one night being in my apartment in college, probably, like, my senior year, and my girlfriend came over, and I was kind of drunk. I think we were all about to break up at this point. But I was drunk, and I uh, was so into this box set that I bit it. I bit the paper... The paper sleeve, it wasn't a CD in it, but I was like, ah, I bit it real hard, and there's like a teeth marks in there, because I was just like so, it was like this weird visceral reaction I had to this thing. I just was like, this is so fucking good, I want to eat it. Wow. And I was I was like super hooked by that. I was like fucking deep hooked. Was that your gateway, the Trojan box sets? Yeah, that was definitely it. And I think maybe about a, a month after this happened, because you know how like stuff when you're younger happens faster just because you know time ha- time is moves faster because you have le- you experience less of it so i guess i think that's a thing right if if you're like 45 a year to you is a lot means a lot less than if you're oh, yeah. 16 like yeah. a year's like a fucking year you did that for a year yeah yeah crazy so at that time i think 
my friend Matt Kimmel and I, we kind of fast forwarded on this reggae shit and decided to have a reggae party at our friend John's house, DJing. And I had turntables back then and a mixer. And we bought a, a, as many records as we could get, I mean, as many uh, reggae records as we could get. We ended up playing probably every track on these records at this party. But we had like all these people, you know, all, all the indie kids came over to John's house and we had a fucking throwdown and it was amazing it was the, the records kept skipping because they're on this kitchen countertop in his little apartment but it was fucking great and i remember playing the first reg- reggae record i bought was Derek harriet's greatest hits he's this producer who had this record label called crystal he's like kind of a rock steady icon uh you probably heard that song i, I was born a they're based on a lot of philadelphia they gamble and huff shit. Like they would cover that stuff and make it sound to me like ten times better than any of that other shit. Like cool, but yeah, I just got really hard into it then. Something about it, I think it was the thing, the fact it was so like rarefied because it sounded because Rocksteady was the first stuff I got into. And Rocksteady, if you play Rocksteady for someone, they're like, oh, this is reggae. Well, it's not it's Jamaican yeah it's before reggae was a word it was it was it was like 68 to 71 about and it's like real slow and kind of um well the 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 whiz not the wisdom but the the tale what do you call it the lore of it is that the summer of 68 was so hot in Jamaica that they couldn't play ska music because it was too hot to dance to it wow so they literally slowed down the music but I think I had to do more of a, a shift in what people would like to listen to. Like, like listen to a more R&B-based thing as opposed to... Because, you know, Scott has like a kind of a, kind of a speed to it. Yeah. And R- there's like a... Rocksteady has a real soulful R&B thing. There's a lot of harmonies and more emphasis on guitar as opposed to horns. Yeah. And so, I don't know. There's something about getting into Rocksteady for me that really just... I found like, oh... This is this is what I've been looking for my entire life. This is the music oh, wow. that I've always wanted to hear, and never been able to. I didn't know it, didn't know it existed. And even now, if you tell someone about rock study, they're like, "What is this?" Yeah, there's this great compilation called I think it's called Last Train to Scott. It's not called Last Train to Scottsville. It's some compilation. It's a bunch of a lot of it's ska stuff, but it's just like the greatest. If you play it for anybody, if you play rock study for. I feel like Rocksteady is probably the least offensive, but also most listenable music that exists because it's not—it's not a different language. It's not like uh, it's based in American ideas of like late early rock music and R&B, but it's also has this sort of foreign quality to it where you're like, what? Are, what the hell is that? Yeah, it sounds so different. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could talk about fucking Rocksteady so awesome. much. I, I, yeah, I just fucking, I don't know, something about that shit. I just love it. Also, to me, I think the big thing with reggae is just, I was I grew up in such, like, so white. Yeah. Just so, like, so much white culture, which to me, white culture is sort of the absence of culture in a way. Sure. That this is just the opposite of it. Yeah. It's so, like, because it's, it's all built in poverty. Like, there's fucking... It's all very natural. Yeah. You know? It's natural, and it's also... I don't know. It's also very cool. Yeah. It's like super hip. It's just also like the slang. opposite of Minnesota. It's like <laughs> yeah, Jamaica. <dude. laughs> like the weather. It's everything the about it is the opposite, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was going to school in Florida at the time. Oh. So I was I was pretty close. Yeah. And I guess uh, evidently a lot of uh, Miami, radio, Miami radio stations and radio stations in New Orleans are the reason that the music 
progressed in uh, Jamaica like it did because they could pick them up. So they hear music that was being listened to there, and uh, you'd hear like they got the, the Jamaicans got really into American R and B from the fifties. Oh, cool. That's so awesome. And that's how they modeled ska. I mean, the short story is. Do you know the story of, of Jamaican music? No. The short story is basically Jamaicans invented their own music because the American music they liked stopped getting made. They liked R and B, and we started making rock music, and they didn't like rock music. Yeah. So they basically were like, "Well, we're going to have to make our own music because the stuff we like to listen to isn't available anymore." That's like the super condensed, probably offensively condensed version of it <laughs> yeah. that I know that to me is just like you just you you know what I mean it's like yeah. fucking uh, oh Scorsese dies so and I love Goodfellas so I guess I'll just start making Scorsese movies yeah in like in a vacuum yeah with no with literally no money whatsoever yeah but you're like we have to make it our own yeah we want more me, of it yeah. we can't just listen to the same stuff yeah, we can't listen to this fucking trash rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel too, because I'm always like, like rock music to me. If it's, if it's playing someplace where people are dancing, yeah, I just like I can't really fucking dance to this man. I can't dance to this white music because yeah. it just it's so, it's not bad. It just doesn't have like it's a, a little stiff. You know? Yeah. Well, how did you feel about that? Because you because you grew up because Cuban culture has like a huge tradition like, musically. That's like a big deal. Oh yeah, Cuba. I mean, music in Cuba. It's like. It's it's like super important. Yeah, it's super important. It's very influential. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like sometimes uh, maybe it's a little snobby to feel like you say it. Cuba is like the England of like when it comes to like it's a small island that right. had a big impact on the music around the world or something yeah. like that. But just like the rhythms that come out of Cuba, the Afro-Cuban influence, right. like the just the singing and just like the. I don't know. I can play some stuff, but I can but just But you play. grew up with that. so I, mean, I grew up with my parents listening to it, and even there's this Cuban comedian who I love that I always talk about, this really? guy, Alvarez Guedes, who's like, he, uh, old school Cuban comic, has like 40, 50 albums. And, 40 or 50 yeah, albums? And he just talks about like being Cuban and coming to America and stuff, yeah. and they're all in Spanish, but at the beginning of his albums... He always has some music, and it's just sick. <laughs> like it's I always bet. like just a little melody where you're like, "Ah, oh, that's the rhythm." Like it just tunes you into the tone of his humor, and it just tells a whole story of his life. It's only like thirty seconds or like a minute, yeah, and it gets right into um, his comedy. But it's like it's very, it's very, you know, it sounds corny. It's like a part of the fabric, you know. Yeah, especially like in Cuba, you got no, it's like uh, Jamaican. It's like impoverished. You got nothing. So you know, yeah. So it's, it, there's nothing there. So it becomes a very important thing. You put a lot onto it. It's by nature of the situation, soul music. You yeah, know, just how reggae soul music. Right. Like anything that comes from an underdog, an impoverished place, pain, anything like that. Straight up soul music. Maybe the rhythm, right. rhythms are different. The language is different. Um, but it's just like beautiful music. Yeah. yeah, I got pretty into it when I was in college because I dated a Cuban girl oh, for cool. a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, I want to learn to to do merengue. Yeah. I, t- I almost got, so- salsa is fucking, that's hard for, it's to hard dance? if you don't grow up with that. Yeah. Because it really is like a rhythm emphasis that doesn't, you don't feel it. Yeah, and you like don't move anything. like your hips in a re- like that in your regular life yeah. and you really like, it's yeah. a It's such a language thing. It's like a language that's, it's so stupid to say, but it's a it's a musical language that's hard to learn if you don't if you're not immersed in it. Yeah, but that's I think that's uh, like Cuban people. There's like a musicality to it, even yeah. the way Cubans speak. There's an accent to it. There's like a vibration to it. Right. There's a feeling to it that's like 
you know, maybe things suck, but we're going to try to make the best out of it. Just like to make like it's like the ty- same type of thing yeah. where it's like, let's, uh, I don't know, let's let's make the best out of this. And there's like a joy to it. Definitely. Yeah, it's super joy. That shit is always, I remember watching Buena Vista Social Club for the first time and mm-hmm. just being like fucking blown away by it. Like, I, I wanted so bad to go to Cuba and like, yeah. just, just overwhelmed by the, I guess like the intensity of the, uh, the tone of it. Oh yeah. It's so much. Oh, just seeing like like those live performances, it was so it's so bare. Yeah, the music is very. There's no production to it. There's no. It's just very. Uh, it's very open, and you don't see that very often because you're so used to seeing, hearing all this very produced music, and that stuff is just like amplified uh, and stuff. And yeah. this is like you know, it's piano, some bongos, conga drums, stuff like that. And you hear the, the room it's recorded into. You yeah, can hear the room. Um, let me see if I can bust something. Do you want to? Uh, we should tell listeners. Uh, some you want to give give some some what's the, what's the word you want to plug shit? I was like, what what do you call it when you, when you want to tell people about shit? Um, plug stuff. Yeah, uh, plug some stuff. Like what? Whatever you got. Oh, Chris Garcia. I guess plug Twitter. It. I never tweet that much, but it'd be nice to have people right. look me up on Twitter or whatever. And they can find where you're where you're performing. Where oh shows. yeah, yeah. You got so, any shows coming up? Well, every Monday I'm at the business. Every Monday at the business at Los Angeles, Joy, Echo Park, tr- uh, trying out new stuff. And then uh, you're doing Underbelly soon, right? The show we do at the Hayworth uh, right. Dynasty Typewriter. So that's going to be the 12th of that, May. May 4th. May 4th. And that's everything but stand up. So right. we usually do like weird stuff. Right. It's kind of fun. Right. And then um, well, you did it once before. Yeah, yeah I love it. I freaking love that show. Yeah, it's just a little different, man. You just do like whatever, you know. What about got any products people should investigate? Uh, uh I don't know. Squ- the squatty potty? Okay. Are you are you squatting? I squat. Yeah. Yeah, you do? I do, but I- you know what? Nothing beats squatting in the woods, though. That deep squat you get in the woods. <laughs> you, know, you, you knew that? Yeah. Um, I've never... I've used one once. I, I guess I want to personally investigate it for my own okay. uses. So um, uh, Chris is going to investigate Squatty Potty, and then we're going to go out here with a track. A, uh, you know, I'm going to move past Cuban stuff. I'm going to go... I'm going to jump... Do what you want. I'm going to jump the cue. Do what? You're going to you jump know, the Cuban. Jump the Cuban. Um... Uh, Boogaloo. Maybe some Boogaloo. Some Boogaloo. Nah. Nah, son. You guys hear this right now? This is the sound of a record being played. I need like sleeve. I call my playlist Johnny Mon Pemberton. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of reggae style. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. We should share the playlist, though, too. Okay. I can share it with listeners later. We'll put a a link up to Chris's playlist he makes. We didn't have time to play everything, obviously. Man. Okay, I guess I'll go on the... Let's go with the African vibe. Okay. That we're going with. Yeah. Just because I've been really listening to this song, and I feel like it's a good time for it. Uh, do you know this, the Coffee Cola song? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, Francis Bebe? Oh, yes. Oh, this shit's fucking great. I just love it. Francis Bebe. This album cover alone. It's so it's sick. just winning. Um, it's just, yeah. I just you? said winning. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I meant it. Dude. Yeah, well, it's, it's out there. I said it. Uh, uh, you listen to Live to Tape. On Starburns with Chris Garcia, I just said winning. Um, sorry. Uh, okay, let me get the little okay. here. We're going to plug in the widget. So Francis, he's Cameroonian. Right, so I he's lo- like a, a French base. And I love, like, when people fuck around, like, like do something else. Like, this guy is using, like he's doing electronic music and keyboards and stuff it. like that. I just love it. Me too. Um, let's do it. Okay. Oh yes! 
It's like a, it's kind of like watermelon man, but it's oh yeah, totally. Or spankling. Yeah, yeah. Crazy people in town, eating bread and butter and honey and drinking black coffee cola. They believe we are wild men. They believe we are wild. Just because we don't use any money and we drink no coffee cola. Ah! Yeah. The upbeat. That just goes away. But yeah. if you could go and see how they live, then you discover how savage they are. So much wilder than we. This is stinky. People in town, and we are people in town eating bread and butter and honey and drinking black coffee cola. Money is what they like, most money is what they like, and people who have plenty of money belong to high society. <laughs> But if you could go and see how they live, shame, shame, then you'd discover how savage they are, so much wilder than we. And it's back. <laughs> they keep dreaming of war. Hate and crime everywhere. I was told that is to get the money they need to buy coffee cola. They keep dreaming of war, man. Hate and crime everywhere. That is the way they can find the money they need to buy coffee cola.
That bass, man, that fucking bass kills me. It's so good. Francis. It's Francois. Is it Francois? Is it Fran- uh, it's Francis? I think it's Francis. Baby. Francis, baby. Oh. So ripping. I'll fade it called, out. Like what's it called again? Yeah, fade it out. The coffee cola song. Coffee cola song. I just think it's so cool because it's like, it's a protest song, you know? Like. Yeah, oh my God, you're right, yeah. It's like these people think we're like savages and stuff, but because yeah. we don't use money. But they're, they think they're, we're wild, but they're the crazy ones. Right. And, but you wouldn't know, like, it's like a deep political song, but it's so uplifting and he just does it with a smile. And it's like that, that main phrase, like all that stuff just sounds so fresh. I think it's it's pertinent for today. We're like, you know, maybe it feels like we're under attack or something, but Mm -hmm. to come at it with like. Something like that where it's like subversive and it seems like this is real happy. This is dope. This is a fresh melody, a sound you never heard before. It sounds happy as hell, but it's, it's about something. It's but critical. it doesn't drag you down because everything I seems so mean and angry. It's, it's like, like the like, true nature of subversion is being able to get something in underneath that's yeah. actually, oh, it's, gonna, it's, it's like a Trojan horse kind of thing. Yeah, but like a hopeful one. Yeah. That song is also like the tone of that makes me think like I just had the world's greatest lunch. It's some, <laughs> it's some country I've never been to. Like you find this place, it's really colorful. It's nice and cool in there, yet it's hot outside. Or it's the perfect temperature. Something about it makes me feel like like seeing a bunch of your favorite colors in the same thing. That's also your, that's also food. Yeah. It's like if pizza was purple, yellow, and gray. Yeah. <laughs> like some shit like yeah. that, or just this crazy pastiche of something that's so flavorful and cool. I guess I always think about the combination of like chile and lime. Yeah. Or anything that has like that kind of comp, that intersection of taste. Yeah. That's what that is musically to me. Is yeah. that? It's like that crazy. Ah, just tasty pretty great thanks for being here Chris thanks that was so fun that was, was like rad. the most fun yeah we gotta do it again and we'll do it more and we'll just uh, we'll have a full setup. I wanna do like a fucking we gotta do I wanna do a live DJ episode of the podcast I think that'd be cool get a bunch of people come in we'll just play play stuff oh I love it like back to back maybe a little bit of screaming ooh fun sounds great let's do it Chris Garcia thanks thanks Johnny <laughs> Sure.